0: everybody welcome back to the collective or should i say the collective you can say that um i got a good show for you today i had a really interesting thought earlier today that i was hoping i could bring to the collective so we can discuss it but before we do that i want to make sure that everybody is liking subscribing hitting the notification bell and uh that way you get your little email in the morning saying hey guess what The, the collective is talking and then you can join us. The
1: boys are back in town, dude. You're on fire right now. Don't let had, me slow had, your roll. I had if, a three egg omelet. Was, <laughs> pretend that this didn't happen. <laughs> pretend I didn't say anything. Just keep on rolling,
0: Raj. Okay, so here's the next thing, though, because from your live, hmm. you asked for some groovy beats. I guess.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I did
0: for riding. So I have. Uh, I have something.
1: Oh yes, right. And this time. you did. Is that. a
0: great riding tune. So I'm gonna play it. Shovel
1: guitar, we dude. That's a bit of a safety infraction with his hair almost getting in the guitar strings. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> what? What would uh, wemyss have to say about that? <laughs> Either way, this
0: is—it's uh, a bit of a
1: disconnect because i oh, has got the look going though. I love this kind of stuff, and it's mega Great. talented, so creative. That's it's a natural, natural style, shovel. Though. Yeah, that's an actual shovel. That's an actual yeah, shovel. It's crazy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, wow, wow, that is uh, this three three string shovel guitar. Um, Humans are cool. <clears throat> It yeah, is man. right, like just
2: some humans are, yeah. So and that's I can right. imagine yeah. uh, <laughs>
0: you just rolling down the mountainside with your just grooving along. Yeah, Be for potential.
2: sure.
1: I I do love the cognitive dissonance of yeah. uh, mm. smashing a trail with the uh, kind of bluegrass uh, shovel music. It's cool. Mm. I dig it. Mm. I like it. So, uh,
0: Patrick, morning, um, and before we get into any topics or discussions, any thoughts or things off the top of your head that you guys
1: have questions yeah why not uh the thought that popped into my i try to be i'm trying to be authentic so you ask the question the thought pops into my mind and i'm gonna say it cool combo with shane wenzel yesterday now Mm. i know that david sadai was also part of the conversation and actually david spoke more but why having shane wenzel on there was cool at least to me i don't know about anyone else it was like a milestone because Shane Wenzel is a big CEO in Calgary. I know about twelve years ago we were actually looking at Shane Holmes mm-hmm. in Calgary, and uh, I never thought I'd be on a microphone speaking with Shane Wenzel, kind of putting him on the hot seat a little bit. He didn't bite. He'll get hotted. So um, it's life is funny, man. You know, if you the path that you take, as long as you commit to the path, it can take you in directions you never expected. Mm-hmm. I sure as hell never thought I'd be ever talking to Shane Wenzel. I'm looking forward to talking to him again. I know I will. So life is fun, man. Yeah, yeah it's fun.
2: Go ahead, Tom. I know he's he's really enjoyed the chat, and I watched it yesterday, and I enjoyed it as well. But he he messaged me later, and 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 basically saying, "What a great group, of, a great group of guys," and couldn't couldn't agree more. So that's mm. good stuff, guys.
1: It's it's fun. It's it is yeah. it is good stuff, and. I think I actually, I rarely do this. In fact, let me think. Have I ever done it? I'm not sure if I have or not. I will say this. Maybe I've only done it once or twice, but yesterday I did a follow-up with Mm -hmm. Shane Wenzel. I just shot him a little voicemail, a bit of joking around, a bit of thanks, a a bit of this, bit of that. Um, I rarely do it, if ever. I just want to for some reason, I felt like it was notable to me having him on for whatever reason. It's mm-hmm. not that he is more or less notable than anyone else. He was just kind of like a trigger moment of, oh, that happened. And I just wanted to recognize it with him rather than to the a- entire interwebs. I suppose mm-hmm. I'm doing it with the interwebs now. I just wanted to give him a thanks kind of thing, you know?
0: Yeah, it was, it was really neat. Uh, I find, you know, a lot of people we talk to, It's always good conversations and lots of back and forth and interaction. Um, One of the neat things to to watch was just him listening, actually. He was was, enjoying it. And he was just, yeah, sitting there like, oh, mm, mm, oh, mm," like Mm -hmm. having great like little pondering moments. And uh, it was, yeah, it was
1: cool. It was a good conversation. I really enjoyed yesterday. I mean, I enjoy every day, but it was a it was a good one. Well, here's the thing I was thinking, and I'm curious if you guys can give me uh, your opinions on it. As I was watching Shane, now now we're analyzing Shane. It's, it's post-mission debrief on Shane. As I was watching Shane, I was thinking, this guy has got some pre-information before he sat down in the seat. This is not new to him. He's listened to this rhythm before. He's familiar with what we do over here. And he's enjoyed it in the past. And he's enjoying it in real time right now as part of it. Mm-hmm. And making the connection between his, recon- his reconnaissance and then his actual on-mission, it was fun for me to observe him synchronizing with the moment. But what I really wanted to do uh, when I sent him the message, um, the, the voice message, was like, there's no way that Shane Wenzel should be on a podcast like this unless he wants to be on a podcast like this. You know, it's not like he has random time in his day where he can just, he's not busy. Mm -hmm. So for him to commit to that time to hang out with us and have a chat is to me, it seems like a big deal. Bigger deal than some of the other folks that we've had on perhaps, and that might sound unfair. But the other important distinction, and this is more important to me, is it's not that he took a chance because I could see that he'd done his reconnaissance, but him sitting in the moment in that seat, it's a bit of a statement. I mean, he's a respected large business leader within a large city. He's noted across Canada. And it's it's not that he was taking a gamble or a risk because, again, he'd done his reconnaissance, but it's still, it's a moment for him where he probably had to sit down and think strategically as to whether... This was right or wrong for him. Tactically, he probably knew he was going to have fun and enjoy it, but strategically, he probably had to dwell on it a little bit. So, here's my nod to Shane Wenzel. Thanks, man. I like that,
0: and it's uh, it's because of the network. This is through true through, through Zach and Zach. through you know, and uh, Zach hooked me up with him, and I had a conversation with him, and then he was going on a trip and coming back. Like, there's lots of moving parts in there that it all kind of aligned that he would have to take the time to do mm-hmm. rather than just like oh yeah sure i can show up on a tuesday and no big deal or tuesday yeah
1: it's wednesday today, right yeah, i respect it man <laughs> uh it's pretty cool i uh, i actually really enjoyed what, it what did you see seb i mean uh, mm-hmm. of course chance you saw what you saw because you were live with me but seb you watched it after the fact mm-hmm. and so what did you pick up on it
2: yeah, for me, exactly what uh, Chance mentioned, which is him being quiet and no, and me knowing who he is, and for him, for him to sit there and like not only um, provide some valuable input, but also actively listening to what is being said and pondering it, and 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 it just it is just always incredible when somebody with so much clout and so much um, you know charisma and whatever is just sitting there and capable to be a follower. As, as, as an experienced leader, right? Because those two things are not mutually exclusive. You can't be leading every conversation and you should not because you're not qualified to lead every conversation. (laughs) Is that as simple as this? And so for me, I always really love that quiet confidence when the, when the people know that they're they you know they don't feel threatened because they're not hearing the sound of their own voice and they're just kind of and so i was very impressed with that because i know what he yeah. can bring what he can bring to the game and for him to just kind of sit there and enjoy the process and going through the motions and listening to everybody else quite the validation really really well done on his part as far as I'm concerned. i am agree and he wasn't yeah, he, thinking that but cool as a
1: cucumber i really yeah. i was i was totally digging what he was putting down for sure
0: yeah, I uh, I reached. I, he reached out to me actually right afterwards too, and was like, "Hey, man, I really enjoyed that. Thanks so much for having me on." And I was like, "Our pleasure." I just I hadn't gotten a chance to actually reach back out to him because I usually do afterwards. I usually check in with everybody. But uh, don't worry, I've got you covered.
1: I'm glad really i <laughs> He's a. Uh, I'd like to hang out with him. You know, he's he's the kind of guy that uh, I would enjoy just sitting down and having a coffee with. You know, wherever. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that I want to hang out with him, but I'd be okay with hanging out with him, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Dude, you're not that cool. We'll we'll allow it. We'll allow it. Um, Daniel says,
0: afternoon from the Emerge. Gents, hope all is well on your side. All is well on my side. It's all well
1: on your side. Well, Well, is that Emerge? That's not good. Unless you're Emerging out of a hole. Who knows? Who knows? Um, So
0: I do have a topic. Any other thoughts before we uh, jump into my topic? OK, so on the way to here's where the, the, the whole thing aligns on the way to dropping off my son to school, there is a there's a spot on one of the roads that I drive into town um, where there is a um, <laughs> the camera. It's a, like a speeding camera in one of the mm-hmm. intersections. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the speed limit is 70, but it's a really long stretch in between uh, Sherwood Park in Edmonton right so it's 70 along the strip but everyone does like 80 or 90 Hmm. until they get close to that camera and everyone slows down to 70 and then they go through the camera and then they speed up again to go down continue on that strip and I thought about it a little bit and I was like this is the same as putting your shopping cart away or waking up early or doing your workouts or do blah 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 and so I wanted to bring up the topic of what why do you is it do the same when no one is looking? And this is why it's the same. is because they believe that they, they're not going to get caught and therefore are, they can push the boundaries. But when they know they're going to get caught for b- pushing the boundaries, they bring it back to the boundary. And so I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that. Is is it the same? Is it... Um, do you think this is a common occurrence between most people and then i was really wondering what your thoughts were on you know what what you do when no one is looking versus
1: when people are watching thoughts i've I've spoken about this before on my live uh, ig chats and uh, it's specifically this precise title what what do you do when no one is looking In fact, I've talked about it a handful of times. I've used different references in races where someone will shortcut a track Mm -hmm. because they think no one's looking, et cetera, et cetera. But it all comes down to this, in my opinion, is consequences. Yeah, There's either consequences or lack of consequences. And so it's not that anyone's looking. You know, like when you're driving up on that uh, camera, if it's recording and there's no consequences, you ain't going to slow down. Mm -hmm. So it's not the fact that someone's looking. It's not the fact that someone sees you like throw your shopping cart into someone else's car, give it a door ding, and then get in your car and drive away. It's not the fact that someone's looking because we're at a point in society now or in history where there's been so few consequences for moments like that, that people don't change their ways unless the consequences are immediate and significant. And so if you can drive past that speeding camera or that uh, traffic camera and think that one in 10 are going to get a ticket, that now skews the fact that not only is someone looking at you, but now you're now you're gaming the odds on if there's consequences or not. It all comes down to consequences. If everyone knew that if you went one kilometer over the speed limit and 10 out of 10 times, everyone gets a ticket that day. Guaranteed no one's speeding because it's the consequences it's not the eye on you it's the stick Mm -hmm. that changes things seb thoughts
2: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think uh, sean is bang on with that and i think where things are get skewed is that so what, you're, what you mean to tell me is if there is external consequences, you are now going to do certain things that you know you should be doing. What do you think the cost of this is? What are your personal consequences for doing that? You know, you're cheating yourself out of having the ability to do the little things right, to consistently do the little things right and not be someone that's on the sideline looking at everybody else complaining about what people are doing or not doing. You're actually, I, this is something that never enters my mind. I do not leave my card for anybody else. I simply don't. It just never happens. And there's a reason why I don't. It's disrespectful. It's a lot. It has a lot more consequences on the collective and on myself as an individual that I can never fathom potentially. Mm-hmm. So you need to take the time to see how do I mark myself or my work with excellence and where does it start and where does it end? But it doesn't end. It only starts and continues. Do all the little things right. Establish yourself at that as that person. If everybody else falls asleep, you're you're the one that has an op in a, in a in a in a you know in a trench, and the entire you know section or whatever is relying on you to be awake. What are you going to do when nobody is watching? Are you going to go to sleep? You know. And so sometimes I think, and Sean is right. If the consequences are serious enough, they will they will actually do something to avoid those consequences. But we really, really downplay how consequential those, those little decisions are on the daily.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I was having a... Um, we had a bit of a discussion with my boys. We play this game called dog in the car. So you're just scanning and you're looking for dogs, right? And when you see a dog, you call a dog. But because we're driving, there's lots of times where the kids will just be like, dog... Like, Well, like I didn't see it, but cool. They literally, call sure. Wolf. Are they are they calling Wolf on that? Crying Wolf. <laughs> so that's that's the question, Boy right? Who so, cried Wolf. So this is what happened: was uh, Kinley called out a dog. Arden didn't see it. Arden then said, "Well, I I didn't see it, so it can't count." And then Kinley came back. Well, I never believe anything that you say when you say dog. And I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> now we have to have a discussion about this. And uh, so we. As we were driving, I was like, okay, well, let's hear here's the question then. If somebody cheats in a game, who's the real loser out of all of that? Who who actually is losing the most out of someone cheating in a game? Regardless of who wins the game, who is actually losing the most? And through a little bit of discussion they came up with, well, the person who's cheating loses because no one wants to play with them after after that, no one wants to actually engage with them because They can't trust them, and you know if you're going to enter into a game with somebody, there's a implicit trust there that you everyone's playing by the rules. Um, and eventually we came to the point that, you know, you're not even cheating the game, you're cheating yourself because you're not actually doing all the things that you you're not getting any better because you're not actually playing the game correctly. And uh, eventually, came down to it was the fact that if you're going to enter into a game. Any game, you have to do it with, mm, or you should be doing it in good conscience. In that you're going to play it fairly. In that, so that you can get better, so that you can work on, and that means you're going to lose sometimes, and that's just part of the game.
2: Mm-hmm. That's where we kind of have to realign our priorities and our reward system and how we work. For me, it's it is more critical to 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 try my best and lose. It, this is more rewarding to me than to know I have cheated for the sake of instant gratification and actually know that I've compromised my integrity on account of getting a quick win on something that was completely irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And even if, it, even if it had relevance, I still don't want it because you have to look at yourself in the mirror after that. And you have to be, you have to be okay with that. And I'm just not, I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather fail um, you know, in good conscience, then, 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 I'm then, 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 I'm just gonna mute him for oh a second there until he way. comes back. I'm yeah, um, <laughs> not
0: sure what happened. We're getting into a rave mode, then... <laughs> Um but yeah, it's uh it's it's interesting to say the least because this is a,
1: a. I don't think it's a concept that's talked about enough. What do you think? You think it's Engaged. The reason it's not talked about enough is because most people cheat, mm-hmm. in one way or another, at some point in their life. Maybe they cheat physiologically, emotionally, mentally, whatever. Doesn't matter. Let's let's keep it to sports. Mm-hmm. Someone shortcuts a uh, a game, shortcuts a trail, shortcuts a task, whatever. Um, you were talking about the game in an external validation perspective of no one No one likes to play with a cheater. Mm-hmm. No one wants to hang out with a cheater. Cheaters, blah, 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 all external. And then at the tail end of it, you mentioned, but you know, you're cheating yourself. Well, that's a thing, of course. But <clears throat> cheating yourself doesn't mean anything to anyone unless they're looking at themselves in the mirror and calling themselves a cheater. Mm-hmm. And not too many people do that. Uh, Because it's hard to identify a negative label that you full well know you are. People don't like to own that stuff. They'll shrug their shoulders on it like, yeah, well, you know, I just cut the trail. I won't do it again. You you called me out. Thanks. I won't do it again. No, that's actually not owning it, bro. Mm -hmm. That is not owning what you just did. That's shrugging your shoulders and pretending it didn't happen. And that's the consequential part. If I'm not holding you accountable for cheating on life, then you'll cheat all day long, every day for the rest of your life. It's people more often than not can't hold themselves accountable. So it's for us to hold them accountable. And that's uncomfortable for them. And it's uncomfortable for the person who's holding them accountable. But it's got to be done. There, the system has to be balanced to some degree
0: yeah I agree it's um what i what I'm really wondering is that if if we if we're not i guess maybe the question is this at what point do you think that you realize that you needed to be accountable to yourself and not just being accountable to everyone else? Or do you think it was being accountable to the other, other people made you accountable to yourself? It was a little of both.
1: In fact, the probably, I can't, dude, it's a great question. It's one that I've never deeply thought about before. So I'm going to give you my first instinctual answer. And the first thing that popped into my head is actually my full face bike helmet that I had just purchased not too long ago. And uh, on the side of it, I just recently put two Velcro patches. One is the red uh, spearhead uh, USA Canada first uh, SSF, and then the other one is my Pathfinder Torch on this side of my helmet, and uh, I'm sure you've seen the, the yep. little Velcro. So <clears throat> I put that up as a Instagram story there a few days ago, and and it showed the Pathfinder Torch on the helmet, and I and the verbiage I put on the top was "Follow me," and then I pushed it up, and the next day I thought that was kind of a dumb thing to say because maybe people will think that I'm inferring, follow me on Instagram. Like, oh, yeah. like, like me, follow <laughs> me. You know, I'm not like that. Yep. I, you know, I'm not into like, please follow me. When I put follow me, it was because that's what the Pathfinder torch represents to me. Yeah, And it's because it was, it's not only was it taught to me, but it was enforced on me through process. And what I mean by that is this. It's the pitch black. You're the combat engineer of the night. You and your little team. And all of a sudden, as you're looking around wondering what's happening, there's a dude that goes up right next to you and says, Psst, follow me. Do you know how many times I've said, follow me in the pitch black? I imagine to, you. A, to a group that doesn't know what's next or where they're going or how to get there. I've said follow me so many times to so many people who need to get navigated to the next spot. Mm. Follow me is just like it's part of my inner who I am. And so when I threw out that follow me, it was it, it was a bummer that I didn't properly put out that Instagram story. Mm. But on as a Pathfinder, I think that's when I first started realizing that not only am I ghosting up on people in the pitch black and saying, follow me. It's kind of how my career was starting to unfold where I was doing a lot of, Hey, follow me. Mm-hmm. And so then it became kind of who I was. And so to your question, when did I start thinking about these kind of things? I probably never did like pause two, three for a day or a week and think, What am I doing as a person within the broad population of humans on this planet? What am I doing at my core for them right now? I just didn't, there was no time to think about those things. At least I didn't think about them, but now I think about them. And so your question is a great question. I'll look back over time and think, I don't think I ever sat down and fully firmed it up. It organically unfolded. And that's just what I kind of became. Does that make sense?
0: the reason I ask it does make sense is um, it it seems like a it seems like something that you should be taught right that you know Agreed. you should your uh, your actions affect the people around you and you should be thinking about those and you should make sure that you are you know aligning what what it is you want to yourself first and then work your way outwards right um, but it just doesn't Seem like it's taught. It doesn't seem like it's taught about. Doesn't seem or taught about. Is. It doesn't seem
1: like it's. It is. Yeah. It is. It was taught to me, it, and it, it would have been taught to you, if you're standing next to the right guy, yeah. at the right time, who said the right thing, and you respected them. Yeah. That's how I was taught. I was taught the system, like through courses and books and 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 lectures and all of that good stuff. But quite frankly that stuff had the least impact on me. Mm -hmm. Those were just skills and and whatever, being taught talents. The real meat and potatoes was taught to me through osmosis. Mm -hmm. The more good men I stood next to, the more I learned what we're talking about. It was never formally taught to me. It was a learned process of observation and Mm -hmm. listening and replicating and trying to perform more than it, it was taught to me through being in the game, rather than someone whispering it in my ear. That's a good point. Um, so I'm going to ask you the same question, here, but here in a
0: second. Max Morning. Good. To see- Good to have you on here, Max, or afternoon, I guess, and he uh, especially liked your dancing tunes there. Said, well, when you were, like, you're welcome. Uh, I almost went uh, uh, Eurovision <laughs> on that, and Max, you can
1: appreciate that. It was getting pretty
0: crazy there for a second. Uh, Satch, good morning. Good to see you. Um, so the question, I don't know if you actually uh, heard when you were jumping in and out, but basically it comes down to this is, was there a point in time that you were actually taught to take ownership of yourself, or was it, did you learn to take ownership of yourself and then saw it done by others, and then kind of were taught that way? Or were you taught and then applied it to yourself? Was there like a chicken before the egg kind of thing?
2: Yeah, I I don't know if I was formally taught it. Um, You know, this is something that came very organically through some of the adversity and the challenges that I went through in life. And I I, I quickly realized that laying blame on, on everything and everybody just isn't helping me and wasn't helping me. And as soon as I started getting in the driver's seat and actually, you know, taking ownership for the things that were happening in my life, I was having a lot more control. So you got to think like I was very isolated and, and kind of just by myself. Right. So there was nobody to do certain things with or whatever. So I was always, it was always internal. So all those processes throughout adversity, Um, growing up, what we really taught me how I should act for myself, not for everybody else. And so internal validation was a thing. And not waiting for other people to externally validate my actions or, you know, all of those things became very, uh, very much internal processes for me. So but I mean, eventually, we would you know, get the extreme ownership, and now we would, we would start to be able to mesh or be able to bridge the gap between our observations in our own life and some academic slash theoretical knowledge, which that provided. So I'll give you an example of this. Well, it's, I think I've used this before, but when I was a purple belt in jiu-jitsu, people would ask me, like, how would you do this? I have no idea. And no idea. I, I didn't know. I just did it. Right. And so that makes it really difficult to replicate, to, to repeat, to set the context so that you can change the context to make that move happen. But once you understand exactly where you're doing it, now you're able to do that and replicate and 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 and, and repeat. And so that's what say the extreme ownership, you know. Uh, book or other leaders such leadership books have done for me was to basically frame my observations in an academic theoretical setting so that so that would be able to understand exactly why it works the way it worked and how beneficial it is for me as a person.
0: I like that. Um, Sean, just uh, I'll be right back. I'll let you guys uh, chat real quick and um, (laughs) let you guys give do your thing.
1: Uh so buddy I was talking not talking I was listening to Jason Subkowicz this morning he was talking about authenticity he did a little video this morning in the sauna Saw that. I don't I don't know if you did you see it mm-hmm. yeah okay good um so what what came to mind was as as he was speaking is, man I know a bunch of authentic people but before I tried to kind of be more authentic myself I didn't really know authentic people because I wasn't looking for authentic people. Mm-hmm. And so it's that classic case chance talking about, uh, you know we're, now we're talking about dogs. The moment you start thinking about buying a dog, mm-hmm. you see dogs everywhere. And the moment you start thinking about buying a skateboard, now there's skateboards everywhere. Mm-hmm. The moment that you start looking for authenticity, that's when you start seeing it. So it, it doesn't appear until you start thinking about looking for it. And I Mm -hmm. just don't think enough people are looking for it out there Mm -hmm. in order to form it up within themselves.
2: Yeah, and this is exactly the mechanisms behind uh, being able to manifest the things that you want. And unfortunately, also inversely, manifesting the things that you don't want on account of you think that that's what you know is in the, is in store for you so if you're if you're if you have say somebody would have like a victim mentality and they see themselves as a victim all the time they do exactly that but in the opposite way whereas now they might start manifesting things on account of how they perceive themselves and how they fit in the world and they're lining up their actions with actually corroborating their their version of event right? So it's it's actually really powerful and very destructive. You can do it the other way around where you start manifesting and manifestation isn't this big spiritual thing. It's actually lining up your actions with your thoughts and, and, and essentially, you know, doing it in a way that eventually um, will pay the dividend that you are working for or working towards. And there's another, there's another really cool, there's a, another really cool thing, which is once you start once you start having a meaningful goal in mind, you're, you're actually, and this is um, straight from this genius. Anyways, I'll have to, I can't remember his name now, not Huberman, but another neuroscientist was talking about how you're, you're taking something on that's truly meaningful actually increases your neuroplasticity because you're, you're now lining up everything. So your systems, so it's not just, you know, spiritual, wazoo it's not more not that there's anything wrong with spiritual wazooism but really there's neuroscience behind that as well that we can really tap into and so we have to be careful man with you know the the things that we manifest on account of how we are perceiving them and, and interpreting them but absolutely correct
0: so what did i miss
1: <laughs> <laughs> not that much not much okay i will say this uh, buddy that um when I can you please be quiet in the kitchen? Thank you. I will say this: um, that when you were talking about manifesting things, I something that Jason was talking about on his live video this morning was he wasn't authentic at one point in his life, but now he's pursuing authenticity. And the thing that I'd like everyone to understand is we were on day one, none of us had anything. We weren't wise. We weren't learned. We weren't physical. We weren't, we, we'd done literally nothing. We all started from day zero or day one, kind of the same, but we all end up in different places, but it's not an accident, man. Like you end up where you end up based on what you put into the journey. And so I would, I would like to take the opportunity to say that Anyone that I know who's rad didn't tumble into it by chance. They earned it and everyone can earn it. And it's just a bit of work, a bit of focus, a bit of discipline, a little bit of structured calibration on your direction. Anyone can do it. Everyone can do it, but not enough people believe it. It's, it's kind of almost like one in a hundred that believe they can be awesome. But we all can. I mean, holy moly. I know people who are and and they made it happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I do like that a lot. It's it's really the uh the realization of choice, I think, is really what we're we're getting at, right? Is the fact that it is an actual choice. If you want to be awesome, you can choose to be awesome. And it may take you a while. Right, you might you might have bad habits. You might have not done anything. You might not know anything about nutrition. <laughs> right? There's, it's that's a choice. I at no point did I ever go. You know what? I should eat more nutritiously. I'm going to go look it up and actually start studying it. I just chose to eat continually the way I was eating. That was a choice, and also by not choosing to do yeah, something, yeah, it wasn't a choice. <laughs> you you <laughs> well... weren't actually making
1: choices. But that's the thing. But it, by not making a choice. I'm choosing to not make a choice. Not really. You're, you're yeah. actually not even in the game. You're not even thinking about not making a choice. Being completely unaware, the, the, the very definition of unaware is you are not aware. Mm. And if you're not aware, you're not making choices. You're absent of choice. You're a victim to the system that has convinced you that you don't have to think.
2: Yeah. And that's my, that's the the next point I was going to make is that if you are at the unconscious and competent stage, or you don't know what you don't know, if you at least know, then in a lot of cases, you won't know what you don't know. You can start looking for what you don't know. But if you don't even have that self-awareness at all, I mean, how did you survive to be a grown man is what I want to know. That's, that's hard. Right. Mm-hmm, and great. so, and so at some point um, we need, we need to know, that especially in this day and age with the access to information that we have and there is no excuse not to know what you should know about the things that you should know them about basically there shouldn't be and all it takes is a little bit of elbow grease and if you start replacing the videos and the netflix and the whatever things with things that are actually going to help you develop as a better person as a better human as a better professional whatever the case may be you're really really starting to uh, get an edge on the competition so to speak and when i say competition i mean you know with yourself with with, with wherever you, you want to go in life but imagine if you did something that benefits your goal every time you have a little bit of downtime so instead of being on Netflix, watching a movie, you're now researching certain things. You're now making yourself better, faster, stronger, whatever the case may be. And, and all of those things, I mean, it's endless because we don't realize how much we chip away at our timelines. There's only 24 hours in, in a day. And we're, we're if we chip, 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 you only have six hours left to do anything meaningful. Whereas if you start really breaking down how you're going to get more awesome and have an action plan on that, how that's going to look. And you know what? You don't need to go in major depth in absolutely everything you take on. You just need a subsurface view of it, and you're going to be you around know, it. Yeah, you're going to be you're going to be way ahead of the game.
0: That's a great point. In that, um, I used to believe that there were points in time that, like, there was, you know, you kill time. I would use that term quite a lot. Oh yeah, we're we beautiful. Got like, term. We got twenty minutes. Let's kill some time.
1: You're actually. You're literally literally
0: (laughs) killing time. Killing yourself. Especially now with with the capabilities we have. Exactly. 100%. And uh, we have the capability now to, you got 20 minutes? Think of what you can
1: do with 20 minutes. If you're just literally sitting in a chair waiting for something. Not enough do. And you didn't. And that's why you were literally starving yourself. (laughs) Yep. And so the idea being that not enough people do, and here's why. Because they can shrug their shoulders and say, whatever, man, because there's no consequences. Mm. You, you get to run your goofy little slack ass game <laughs> without any consequences. And, and the problem with that is you get to get away with it because no one's holding you accountable. But if there's no one holding you, and I'm not talking about chance, I'm talking about the general internet now. For if sure. no one's holding you accountable, that can happen except even if you know no one on the planet, you still know yourself. Mm -hmm. And the biggest failure in society right now is no one's holding themselves accountable. They're always waiting for the external accountability. It's all on us. It's all us. None of this exists unless we hold ourselves accountable. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I don't know what it's going to take for people to start holding themselves accountable in absence of any external um, input, I, I just think it's a case of we all have to sit down and understand the consequences of our lack of action. And so, what 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 could that look like? Well, here's my first uh, kick at it: uh, if you are evaluating yourself internally and realizing that you know you're getting away with bloody murder, or not doing anything in life, well. Maybe you've done that for a year, two, 10, 12, whatever, shake your head and start doing it for the team. Cause if you can't do it for yourself, at least do it for your family. If you can't do it for yourself, at least do it for your neighborhood. If you can't do it for yourself, at least do it for veterans. If you can't do it for yourself, at least do it for your country. Find a category that you can do it for. If you can't do it for yourself. There,
0: there, I'm going to push back on you a little bit here, Sean, is the, there are consequences, I and agree. the consequences come. This is where the challenge is. Or to Con- what?
1: Consequences to what?
0: There's consequences to not living, you know, a good rounded life or a healthy life or, you know, you can get away with all these things. There are consequences, but they are so delayed, I think, for, for the average person, right? If you don't eat well and you start to put on weight and you start to deal with the the negative consequences from that, that is years down the road. Right? It's no, it's not right in front of your face right now. If you eat that muffin, it's gonna slap it is right in front of your face. It, it to anybody no, it that is.
1: knows. Uh, n- no, I'm not gonna accept this pushback. Okay. So I understand the spirit of what you're trying to say. It's incorrect, <laughs> and here's why. Cause we all know. Literally, we all know. Every single day, we all know. Speaking of Jason Sipkowich and his video live chat this morning, he literally stated, We all. No, we know when we're lying to ourselves. We know when we're shortcutting. We all know we've talked about it here on the collective about how we know. So if you're reaching for that muffin and thinking, Oh, this is a non-factor. I'll deal with this years later. No one thinks that we all know.
0: That's what I'm saying though, is that no one thinks about the consequences because they're delayed. It's. I it's disagree. Not in- okay. Hmm.
2: Well, no, you guys are saying, you guys are saying exactly the same thing. Like, I don't understand why you guys are disagreeing with each yeah, other. I mean, you're saying exactly <laughs> the same thing. So wh- 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 what, what, what it's semantics, but initially, Sean, you'd said there is no, because there is no consequences and chance is saying there are consequences. And that's yes. a fact, there are consequences. And yes. so Del- those, he's saying but, delayed, yes. Yes. So basically what you are saying chance is that the instant gratification for the person now supersedes whatever consequence is going to come down the pipe, you know, because oh, we'll deal with this when this happens or whatever. And so they continue doing what they're doing. So they do know, which is exactly what Sean is saying, but they make a choice to be, to, 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 you know, Oh, this feels so good that muffin when it goes down or whatever the case may be. So now they make the choice to take instant gratification, to prioritize instant gratification over the long-term gain. So you guys are saying exactly the same thing. Except uh, I, I'm just not accepting that the delayed
1: gratification or the backloading of the problem or the I'll deal with that when I've got cancer, that is not how I think. And that's not how anyone should think. That's that's the only point I'm trying to make.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's wow. what he is saying is that people are doing that.
1: And that's that's a fact. That's what people are doing. That is true. Yeah. But I'm also saying in parallel, we all know we're doing it.
2: And I yeah, I don't yeah. want to
1: uh buy, bypass that for sure. Every no, single no, second we're know when we're doing wrong. 100%. And this is,
0: I think this is where the challenge lies, is that if you know you're doing wrong, but you don't know enough about what you're doing wrong, it's easy to slough that off, right? Like, oh, I it shouldn't is. eat this muffin, but I don't know any better. So I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then it just becomes this you know it, there's a little feeling in the back of your head of like yeah this this doesn't feel right but i don't know why and then they do it anyway and uh, i think that's
1: part what did of the you struggle. think when you used to
0: think that that's exactly what i thought was just like i don't like i know i probably shouldn't eat this donut but it tastes good
1: and then i would just eat it but the the cognitive dissonance of i mean if you're smart it the sentence shouldn't end there it should like, be right. I know I'm killing myself, but it tastes good. <laughs> well, I, I, See I used you there to smoke tomorrow. cigarettes too. No one, uh, yeah, I, I understand. When you were smoking, you probably weren't thinking, this cigarette is so delicious, it's extending my life. Exactly. Did you ever think that? I did not. I did right. not. Although so, so the medical
2: what, community once said that.
1: Yes, <laughs> that is true. true. It can that's improve right. your life. Yeah, exactly. So uh, when you were thinking that, sucking back the coffin nail, um, did you you got right with it. Yep. You you thought, well, maybe maybe you thought no one was watching you. Maybe you thought your boys weren't observing you killing yourself, and then picking up that habit on how you could they could shorten their life. Yep. Did you ever think about that? The team?
0: No, I, I honestly I was smoking at the time as a stress relief. Just at, and a lot of it was due to the fact that because uh, everyone was smoking, that was just the way it was. And, uh, like my parents smoked my, like every, my entire family was smoking at one point in time. So it was just, everyone did. And it was, was, uh, it was actually my wife who asked me one day, she was like, do you ever want to quit? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. She's like, why don't you? I said, well, (laughs) I was like, well, I'm actually going overseas again. And there's no way with the amount of stress there that I'm going to not smoke. And she was like, okay, well, cool. And then the day my name came off the second tour, she was like, so I guess uh, you're going to quit smoking today? And I was like, I guess so. You're absolutely right. And yeah, sure enough. And the day I quit, my grandmother died. And so again, I had another excuse to like, oh, wow, I was all the stress. I, I, could, just, I could just start smoking. Uh, you know, one is not going to kill me, but I didn't. Uh, I one quit. is not going to kill you. Literally one <laughs> is killing <laughs> gonna you. Kill you. Exactly. <laughs> but the, the point that uh, I had to make to myself was I decided to quit. It doesn't matter whether the stress kicked in. It doesn't matter whether this bad things happened. doesn't matter that I could have any excuse in the world right now. What it came down to was I decided to quit. And so when
1: no one is looking, I was looking. And so I was so looking. Here's, here's what I heard is uh, some external sources tried to convince you to quit. Mm-hmm. And you didn't, That's and correct. then you just made a bunch of weak ass excuses. Yep. And then eventually you quit. And so you quit. Why? Because nobody externally could convince you. Science couldn't convince you. <laughs> Why did you quit?
0: So, well, this is the thing. Science had convinced me, and all the external forces had convinced me that I I knew I should quit. And it was the. It was just the decision to do it, and I knew it was going to be hard, and I knew it was going to suck, and I knew it, like I was going to have to go through the uh, the rigors of withdrawal and all of the annoyances and all of the um, related issues, but I also knew it was worth it. And so I so on the that. day, sorry,
1: maybe yeah. I didn't ask my question clearly enough. What made you quit on the day? What, what was it? I wanted to. Oh, so you just sat down and it hit you like a lightning bolt. I want to. And then the second before you hadn't. Basically. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Yeah. It was uh, when, when my wife reminded me on that day and said, I guess you don't have a reason to, to not quit. And I was like, I guess I don't have a reason. And I think it was that uh, realization of the fact that it didn't matter what my reason was.
1: Okay. That's what I was prior trying to do. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. It was the uh, clarification of the fact that there was the reason didn't matter. And if I wanted to quit, I should just quit, and I, and then I did. So, and then I haven't smoked cigarettes since. It's been uh, that was back in twenty ten. So twelve years. Good job, buddy. Congrats. Yeah. yeah, I hear it's a tough one to break. It is. It's a tough habit. Honestly, uh, the biggest one. And actually, while I was quitting, um, I was using the nicotine inhaler as a way to kind of get rid of the the uh, the cravings. But I found that it wasn't the actual nicotine I wanted. It the thing that really kept me going was the oral fixation. I don't understand
1: that doesn't even make any sense as you're doing this. The oral fixations of yeah, because I would play with a cigarette, yeah,
0: (laughs) because I play with a cigarette (laughs) and I would flip it around in my fingers and I would do all kinds of stuff. But it was that was the habit was to have something in my hand constantly. And so when I had the inhaler, I had the thing in my hand and the nicotine was like a side note. And so eventually, do you know what preceded the cigarette? The soother, mm. <laughs> As he drinks his coffee. I like it. Uh, you, you're, I think you're, you're probably right about that. I don't recall if I was a soother baby or a there fucking baby or. I wasn't even joking.
1: Oh, okay. It was a bit of fun, but there is science on that.
2: It's (laughs) science. It's science. science. And now there is. Uh, Straight up. I know, I know. (laughs) Uh,
0: We got a good, really good comment here. Max said, uh, delayed gratification versus instant gratification is a struggle. 100% it is. Um, And he says, I think there is an instant consequence. The fact we know we are guilty. We know we shouldn't have one. Done it.
2: Or done it. Done
0: it. There we go. Shouldn't have done it. And that's, That is the consequence. In depth, Mm. I think once you realize
1: that, then that's your consequence. And goes, I shouldn't have done. What else am I doing that I shouldn't? That's not a consequence. That's just an outcome. That isn't a consequence. The consequence is this: you know you shouldn't have done it, and now you're going to pay the price. Whatever the consequence is, the price, the cost Mm. of doing what you did that you shouldn't have done. Back to the traffic camera. That's a consequence. The outcome is you drive past the traffic camera and you may or may not get a ticket, but the consequence is the ticket. Mm. So, you know, the outcome, if you do something that you know you shouldn't do, and then you feel guilty immediately after it, that's just an outcome. But it is a consequence. Mm. You've got to like crack down on yourself and think, wow, I shouldn't have done that. I do feel guilty. I'll never do that again. And here's what I'm going to do to mitigate that. That's an action. Uh, and, and I know it might sound pedantic, but the, the feeling of guilt is just a feeling correcting the action is the consequence.
0: That is a good point. Cause I've gotten tickets years ago. I've gotten tickets, um, going through that intersection. And I think it was the second or third one where I was like, I'm not doing that again. And now anytime I hit that road, I get it to like 70, 71 and I hit my, uh, my cruise control. And I just, and people pass me left, right, and center. And I kind of giggle because I'm like waiting for them to roll through that, uh, that intersection to see the camera flash. But I don't want the consequence of having to pay another 150 $180 ticket. I don't want that. So I'm taking the action. I make sure that I'm within the speed limit and I make sure that I'm within the speed limit the whole way, right? It's not a question of I'm going to speed my way there and slow down and then speed my way up again. I just set my cruise control and I'm, I'm groovy.
1: But I bet you get bummed when people pass you.
0: Uh, I kind of giggle more now oh, more yeah? than anything. Because most initially, people get bummed. Initially I did. When mm. I first started doing it, there was like, ah, there they go, going to 90 or whatever and they'd like, right around me. And now I just kind of giggle. I'm like, yeah, well, I guess he's in a hurry. <laughs> cool, man. Uh, it's not a, it's not really a thought anymore. Okay. I think I've done it enough that I'm like, cool, man, you do you. And then I watched them get a, ticket as they go through and the (laughs) the light kicks on. So, it is a little bit of a fun uh, fun game. Look at that. I gamified it. There you go. Uh, Gray Man Dad says, I think the next question would how do we build the discipline to avoid the bad habits and focus on the good ones? That is a good question. How do we build the discipline to avoid the bad habits? Seb?
2: Hmm. I mean, I don't know if there is An avoidance of bad habits and that everybody has these little voices telling them, you know, maybe I should do this instead. And we know that that action isn't conducive to what it is that our end goal is. So I think to begin anything, you need to have an end goal. What is your end goal? What do you want? What do you want out of life? What do you want out of all of the things that you want to do? And how are you going to line up your actions to get there? Anything that interferes with that by way of being self-induced or externally induced is a no-go. And so having an end goal in mind starts the process. And then it's about talking yourself out of, out of the things that are going to percolate on your radar and things that are going to come up and, and that you could take the easy route and go this way and have some instant gratification with the muffin, or with the, you know, whatever the case may be, anything that gives you instant gratification in the context and then and then make a decision not to do that and associate your reward system with making the decision within the context of the process so instead of like waiting for the end game to be achieved to say ta da I'm I'm here now I can get my my gratification you get gratification and you realign your actions so that every little action you take that is in line with your end goal is gratifying to you so you're replacing it with something that's a lot more meaningful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I, I look at it.
1: I like that. Sean, thoughts? Yeah, same, same as Seb. The he literally hit the nail on the head. Identify what you're trying to accomplish. Set a track plan in front of you to achieve that outcome. And then the discipline part kind of goes like this: draw a freaking hard line in the sand. Hard line in the sand. That's it. That's all. It's like this podcast stuff. Commit to every single day, come hell or high water. Every single day, you'll see me here. Unless there's a death in the family, I'll be here. And so that's what you got to do, man. You got to draw a hard freaking line with yourself. Don't give yourself any wiggle room. If you tell yourself, I want to do this or I want to do that. Well, whatever this and that is, figure out the track plan to get there and then draw a hard line in the sand. And if that means sometimes I struggle with muffins, well, guess what? You've got no more muffins this year, bro. That's just the way it has to be. you got to draw a hard line. I am not into easing someone into discipline. You know what? Do your best for a day this year. That ain't discipline. That's random. Discipline is consistency of effort focused on an outcome. And if you're not consistent, you ain't disciplined. So every single day, line in the sand, no more muffins, no more whatever. I like that. And, I and, like that.
2: And in line with what, you know, what the, and again, I'm paraphrasing or using Jocko's book, Discipline Equals Freedom. And the reason why that's the case is because this is how you need to be when you are creating what you want. Once you're creating the world that you want, once you're creating the person that you want to be, and you, once you're at a point where you've accomplished everything you had set forth that you had done, that, you know the, the things that were meaningful to you, the things that brought, brought value to the collective or to, to yourself, to anybody else, then there will be a line where if you decide to have a muffin, it ain't going to affect anything. That's just, that's just a fact, but it's going to take time to get there. And most people don't wait for that to happen. They don't line up the pieces so that eventually they can look back and say, if I have a muffin right now, I'm literally a nuclear reactor from training, you know, all this time or whatever Mm -hmm. it goes like this. And Mm so that is precisely the concept behind the discipline equal freedom book, which was exactly that.
0: I like that. I like, there's, um, There's a point on this that it kind of raised in my head. There's a, a show that my wife likes to watch called Mom, and it's about um, an alcoholic who is um, whose mother is an alcoholic. And at one point, anyway, it doesn't matter how the show goes, but at one point, the the mother who is a alcoholic um, who no longer drinks, they're all part of an AA meeting and all that stuff. There's a whole sh- uh, thing around. We don't it, need but, the full details. Yes, yeah. um, she starts making mocktails, like uh, cocktails that are not non-alcoholic right and uh in one of the scenes at one point she came in really stressed out a whole bunch of stuff happened then she made one of the mocktails and started drinking it as like a stress relief and as soon as she did that she made the real the two pieces cl- clicked and was like this is why i stopped drinking alcohol to begin with it was because i was looking for the out i was looking for the relaxation or the uh the dopamine hit to a relief yeah relief to get over this stress rather than just facing it and managing it in that moment. And I actually, it's one of the few spots of that whole show that I actually really enjoyed because that's the discipline point, right? That's the, I just need this one. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> right. And even for, for myself, when I'm at yeah, first thing in the morning and I'm trying to figure out, you know, how oh, I, I, I could just, I could have some egos right now, or I could do a bowl of cereal. It'd be so much easier. It would be easier, sure, but that's not what I want.
1: So I sat. I brought it all the stuff. Uh, maybe myself... that's what you wanted, but that's not what you take. And that's the difference between discipline: what you want and what you need. Mm. And so you might want your bowl of cocoa puffs, but that's not what you need. Yeah, and that's the line in the sand. Yeah. And so
0: yeah, uh, yeah I made myself a three egg omelet today. Nice, buddy. Mm-hmm. It's pretty yummy. Um, now, we're just about at time here. Another fantastic conversation. Thank you both for working through this. It's, uh, time disappears. I'm not sure how this happens. It might be a time warp, but we'll see what happens. Any uh, any final thoughts on when no one's looking or discipline or anything that we've gone over today? said
2: Yeah. <clears throat> discipline is hard. It's not easy. But any anything meaningful is hard. And so there is no magic, there is no magic button or magic thought process or magic anything. When it comes to this, it, it comes down to wheels to the pavement. What are you going to do when you, when you find yourself at a crossroad? And, and keeping the eyes on the goal and making the call that are conducive to go towards the end goal that you had set for yourself. It's difficult. There's no other way to put it.
1: I like that. Sean? Yeah, that's beautiful because now it allows me to play for my last 30 seconds here. So wheels to the pavement or wheels to the road. Um, Yesterday, I did two rides. My first ride, I didn't want to go out on the ride. I actually thought of David Goggins and how he always chirps about how he sometimes sits there and stares at his running shoes and doesn't want to tie them on. Man, I have days like that. Not every day is a Radmaster 9000. If I'm out there cramming it, smashing it, And looking like I'm mega. Maybe I just didn't want to get on the bike that day. Mm -hmm. But I don't put that message out to myself or anyone else. I don't listen to those voices of be lazy, Sean. I listen to the voice that says discipline. And discipline is hard. But it's our job or my job to make it look easy. Even if it is hard. I don't mind telling people that discipline is hard. It is. Seb hit the nail on the head. But the more you do it, the easier it gets. It never gets easy. It just gets easier.
0: Yeah, there's a a line I use with my boys, and uh, I use it quite often. They can recite it uh, off by heart right now. I say, everything is hard until you do it enough times that it gets easy. And discipline is one of those things. Just got to keep doing it until it becomes easy. And well, then, It never does. I think we just know it doesn't. That. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> the point, though. <laughs> you just got to keep doing it. The um, easier. There you go. Yeah. Um, well, thanks again. It's been an awesome conversation. We've definitely crossed, uh, I think, the reason I wanted to get this, so the reason I wanted to actually touch on this, and I know we've talked about it a couple of times when no one is looking, was the fact that it's been kind of parts of other conversations rather than being a conversation in and of itself. And, I think at the end of the day, there is one point here that needs to be brought home is that someone is always looking and that person is you. So work on that. (laughs) And you can continue to work on that with us here on The Collective as we learn, build, and grow ourselves every day. We'll see you all tomorrow. GMO.